Good morning, good afternoon, welcome to the No Mongol Podcast, a weekly show about all things skateboarding. And my name is Rick Beta. Gotta give a quick shout out to my past three guests. I mean, that's right. We set an NMP record three straight interviews. So thank you and much respect to Anthony Shetler, Scott Loist, and Cabbage. Go back and listen to all three of those episodes if you have not done so yet. Like I said, three straight interviews. That's a record. I don't know if I'll be able to do that again. The timing of it all worked out for all three, and I was just riding that wave. So, But uh, moving forward, I'm going to try and commit to maybe maybe at least one guest per month. But if it's if it's more, hey, I'm going to go with it. But, you know, we'll just go from there. So I hope you're enjoying those episodes as well. I'll keep them coming. Let me know, you know, if there's anyone that you want me to kind of reach out to and stuff like that. So I'm always good to hear a good story and chat with uh, very cool peeps. And that's exactly what I did the past three weeks. So thanks again, guys. You can email the show, nomongopodcast at gmail.com. Or you can also follow along on social media at Rick Beta, R-I-C-K-B-A-T-A. Oh, let's get going. So with that being said, three weeks is a long time and there's a lot of content that gets released in three weeks. And obviously I'm not going to talk about the past three weeks because that would just be a five hour long episode. So I had to pick and choose. I had to pick out the ones that really stood out the most to me. And here's what, you know, that's what I'm going to talk about today. So let's get this going. I'm starting with the World of X Games being Stevie Williams documentary. It dropped last week. And my first thoughts were like, hell yeah, I'm going to watch that one. Hell yeah, I'm going to check it out. And then I was like, wait a minute. Has Stevie ever even been in an X Games event? (laughs) So I don't know. I'm shrugging. I don't recall. But, you know, they did a great job nonetheless. So here are some notes that I took along the way. Now, actually, if you weren't lucky enough to watch it on TV, I think it actually had maybe less advertisement and commercials on tv but i watched it on the youtube channel or on youtube seemed like there was a ton of commercials a ton felt very excessive and it kind of it messed with my flow it kind of took me out of the moment sometimes messed with my emotions but overall it was just kind of annoying i get it you know everyone's got to get paid we're all coin operated i get it but so just be prepared if you haven't seen it yet and you're watching on youtube maybe it's just me there i just felt like it was like damn another commercial okay but anyway either way it was 46 minutes well 46 minutes at the time, but I've watched it a couple times now. So 92 minutes of my time well spent. And, you know, Stevie, he's always had such, like, a cool, like, different vibe to him. And I know there's, like, there's been a couple other documentaries on him as well, interviews, etc. But this one seemed, like, like, very thorough. And it really sucked me in. Like, I was all in, not even looking away from my phone or whatever. So right from the beginning, he said, I always thought big before skateboarding. It kind of set the pace, set the tone. And I was like, damn, I wouldn't even be surprised. That Those are like his first words in life. <laughs> Seriously. So and we got to hear like more about his upbringing, his early childhood. And it all kind of helped explain his journey and a bunch of insight into his family life, too. You know, the odds were, were definitely against him. You know, dealing with drugs, gangs, racism, etc. You know, all the while living in North Philly in the 80s. And that sounded like not a, no joke. Never visited there, especially in the 80s. It sounded like it was insane. And he was an only child, and his mom, Susan Williams, raised him all, pretty much all by herself. You know, Stevie's mom was very awesome. i got to point this out. Such a strong woman, and her vibe and her energy came across like so well in this documentary. It was so cool just to hear her voice and her stories. And in fact, it only took about 
what was it, two minutes and 42 seconds to get me, like, kind of teary-eyed. Because I was, like, looking around, like, who's cutting onions? What the hell's going on right now? But it was so beautiful what his mom said around that time. Because normally it's the other way around, right? And Stevie knew at a very young age what his role was going to be. He embraced that, too. And that's huge. And that, and that says much, says so much about the way he's wired. And it kind of carries on through the story. And it makes sense now. You see and hear about his upbringing in the past, you know, couple decades. Like, yeah, duh, dude. This guy was, like, determined to win. However, as much as he was, you know, as I said, determined, you know, to make a name for himself and rise up from, you know, his neighborhood, I think it was two key characters in his life that helped shift and almost make that trajectory to where he is today. And those two humans are Rasul, Sharif Childs, and Josh Kalis. And I'll elaborate more on those two in a minute, but I just wanted to point that out, okay? Because that's what I noticed you know, here in the story. But as Stevie said, you know, things changed, you know, after his mom decided to move to West Philly. And yes, I hate to say this, but every time I say West Philly, I get that Fresh Prince theme song stuck in my head. I'm sure you do too. But anyway, so shortly after their movie said he saw, you know, a quote unquote, a black dude riding a skateboard. And that was Roger Brown. And it all started from there. It was was all meant to be the stars aligned, however you want to say it, because he got sucked into the life, the skateboarding life at that point. He started watching videos at his house, and I was cracking up at this point. We talked about how he had to turn down the music because his mom would literally come in thinking he was listening to, like, devil music or something. (laughs) Uh, uh, I get that. I get that. You're like, what the hell are you listening to? And these guys are on skateboards? Huh? So he'd have to play his own music and all that funny stuff. But even though he had moved to West Philly, though, he still... It wasn't all fun and games. It's like, no, it wasn't like everything just stopped. You know, he still had to deal with racism and and people wanting to beat him up for skating with quote unquote white kids. His mom prayed every day that hoping he wasn't going to get killed. That's so scary. And as a parent myself, I can't even imagine like having that, that question as part of my daily routine. You don't know. You don't know if your kid, your son's gonna come back. He's lo- he's he loves skateboarding. He's doing it with his friends, but he might get killed for it. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. So no parent should have to worry about that. Period. So I'm glad they shared that story because it's it's an ugly past and it's still with us today, which sucks. Oh, but on a quick side note, checking my notes here, see if you could pick up the thrashing reference that was dropped. you'll know when you hear it. I mean, that perks me up. I was like, oh, hey, nice shout out. Nice name drop. I I got it. Anyway, back to Stevie. And this was, the documentary was laid out much like, you know, a movie or like a hero's journey. So we all kind of, we got to see his ups, his downs, his trials and tribulations, you know, traveling all the way across the United States and back, you know, becoming homeless, you know, sleeping in cars. You know, his boy said, oh, yeah, you can come crash my you know, house when you come out here. And he showed up and he was like, what, dude? No, I'm homeless myself, man. So he had all these obstacles he had to face. But with all that in mind, there was, as I'm reading my notes now, there was one key shift or key moment, I guess, in his life that probably saved his livelihood but, it, I mean, I think he still had the drive in him, but it definitely saved his, his skateboarding career, and that's all thanks to OG Josh Kalis. Seriously, 
just the timing of it all, it worked out perfectly too, right? Because you think about it, Josh mentioned he moved back to Philly because he missed it. Just so happens to be he was walking around. I, mean, I think maybe they were looking for Stevie or maybe not. I just He stumbled on, upon him at a bus stop. And it saw Stevie as kind of at a low point in his life. I mean, he definitely wasn't skating, right? So it wasn't really anything productive to, to what he we know he could do now. And none of his crew were, were rolling around anymore anyway. So he had no inspiration, no one in his crew to help get back on his board except Josh. Josh had a plan. It's all, I mean, in hindsight now, I, mean, I don't know if he thought about it at the time. Well, actually, yeah, he probably did. He probably did. He, he wasn't giving up on Stevie. Nope, not at all. He told him he had a place for him to stay, but, you know, there's always a but. In order for him to do that, Stevie had to promise to skate with him, and they did every day. They revived love. They, they got all the, the old crotchety dudes out that were just causing a, a chaos anyway. However, in the documentary, they kind of explained how the whole DJK name came about. So that was cool. You know, yeah, of course it makes sense he was going to use that. And that's awesome he did. So that was kind of the spark that, and or the redirection that Stevie needed. You know, and, and frankly, I think the reason why I'm talking about him today and this documentary today was because of that move. So thank you, Josh Kalis. Thank you, Rasul. Seriously, guys. I know this documentary is about Stevie, but it's equally as important that you, that both of them were in his life at the specific times they were. So, see, Rasul, he, he played a key role in his early life. Okay. I, I kind of put it in two kind of stages. You know, he quickly figured out just how curious Stevie was, how much he didn't take crap from nobody. Like, he just was like, he, he he basically attempted to shield him from being exposed to certain things that, you know, uh, Rasul felt that he should not see at that age. You know what I mean? Like, he, Steve was so curious and just ambitious and just, you know, wanted to kind of prove himself. And, and Rasul, he was like, no, 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 man, let's let's keep him over here for a little bit, get him into skating. So it was cool to hear, like, their stories, both from Rasul and Josh, because I, I, mean, I can listen to Josh Kalis all day, dude. Like, his stories are just, I'm just, like, leaning forward. I'm, like, sitting in my chair. I'm, like, dude, more. Let's have more. You know, just his story is so cool to hear. So, so yeah, I, I just think that both of those two, they both played such a huge role in his documentary. And I'm sure they know that now. At the time, they, maybe they didn't see that, like, how big it could be. But they obviously saw something in Stevie. You know, and they and they they both they like you know what no we're gonna keep this guy uh, kind of you know how you have to the old phrase like you 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 grab your friend's shoulders and just they're they're heading in a direction you just kind of say no 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 let's let's turn this way that's why I see it as if you haven't seen this documentary yet and what I you know have explained or what you've heard so far doesn't motivate you to go hit play I don't know what to say this was very well done great job to X Games and the crew and it was such a great journey both in life and on a board. So go check it out. I mean, yes, Stevie had his ups and downs, of course, and and now he's in a new place mentally. His drive is still there, but it's all about priorities now. You know, he's focused on being the best father he can be, and his son, Skage, was awesome. Stuff like that, you know. And, and in fact, pause it at, I, I wrote this down on my notes too, 35 minutes and 16 seconds. Look at that pick. That is what it's all about right there. You know, and I got real, I got more emotional. It was kind of like a bookend of emotions. I got emotional towards the end of this as well. 
The last two minutes, so powerful. So powerful. I mean, they had the right, they knew what they were doing. They had the right mood music to kind of tug at your heartstrings and just, but just the, the words that he said, the foundation, all of that, his current mindset, all of it, beautiful to see in here. So I'll be sure to include the link in the show notes. Go check it out. 46 minutes. You probably want to watch it twice like I did. I highly recommend it. So let me know your thoughts. Get a little water break. Pardon me. Appreciate you tuning in as usual. Oh, Like I said, there's so many different videos I could have chosen. So much content that it was released. But next, next up, I want to talk about Max Wheeler's stained part. Oh, where to start? If you haven't seen it yet, let me just say that this dude, he literally skates the stuff that you wouldn't even walk or eat your lunch on. And it, it was right from the very first trick as well. And he never looked back. He was threading the needle with that landing. Did you see that? Was that a pole or a tree or something he almost hit? That very first trick. And I had my first pause of the day. It's for his second trick. 26 seconds in. It was a back 180 flip. It was over that fire hydrant. And, and it almost looks like that bank is some sort of like DIY afterthought. It just, it was a weird spot. But it, I couldn't tell if it was the same spot from the, his other video a couple years back, Comb. I couldn't tell. But, but, I, but anyway, that fire hydrant is such an odd place. But I was like, did you create that, Max? Did you? But the surface is what I, I had to focus on. It looks so damn rough. I have no idea how he pulled that off. <laughs> the spot doesn't even look fun at all. Like I, I would put me down for a kick turn. I'll call it a day. I'm all right. Peace. Eh, nope. That's that's not what I want to skate right now. I also love the Mason esque Ollie about one minute fifty one. He had a battle, a little bit of a battle to to deal with right after the landing, but per the look on his face. After rowing away, he had no doubt in his mind. Max really does enjoy skating those kind of spots, and it shows. Look at his face. I'd also love to know more about the backstory of the, the spot around about two minutes in. Is that front shove? Is that a common thing in St. Louis? Like, if I traveled there and hit you up, be like, hey, show me, show me some local spots. Would you, would you, would that be one of them? <laughs> or is that just a Max Wheeler thing? I'm being dead serious now, because I know uh, it seems that Max is, his he's, wired a little bit differently as well in the spots you, know, you you wouldn't be like welcome to st louis rig hey here's one of my favorite spots come here enjoy good luck i'd be like uh yeah man all right cool i'll uh, do some rock and rolls right here yeah i don't think i'll be front shoving over that that's that was a crusty spot and then you'd probably take me to a roof without a living room or kitchen so i could maybe do an impossible over it kind of like what max did <laughs> i that i had to pause and rewind a couple times for that one i was like are you kidding me, Max? Are you kidding me? I mean, there's so many things to take in. I love the kind of, I don't know if it was intentional or not, the homage to Wizard of Oz. You guys see that? The color schemes. It's kind of, I was like, the, sh the sweatshirt, the, the pillow. There's no place like home, Max. There's no place like home. I get it. But he did an impossible on a roof. Well, actually, it was kind of over a roof. I was over, yeah, I was up and over, which is crazy. Like I never even thought I'd say that on a podcast, unless I was watching like maybe, even yeah, even in Thrashing, they didn't even do that. They were just rolling around. But that is nuts. 
And dude, he skated actually two houses in the video. If you haven't seen it, he skates two houses. Is that MBD? Two houses, one day. I'm trying to think like maybe Daywan did it back in the day. I don't know. Let me know if I'm wrong. I think that's MBD right there. Two houses in one video. Very crazy. But I'll be sure. I'm going to also include the link to the that video in the show notes. Go check out this part if you haven't done so yet, which which I mean, I would watch it like six times, okay? Watch one time for the tricks and another five or so for the crusty spots and all the surroundings. Just take it all in. Put on headphones so you can really hear it. I was truly impressed big time, big time. And one thing one thing for sure, though, is you're not going to see a lot of peeps like attempting to duplicate any of his tricks at any of his spots. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. No ABDs in his future at these spots. That's for damn sure. But I guess if I had if I had, a, had one not so positive thing to say about this video, I try not to be like nitpicky, but would be the music choice. Like the, the that song selection, I have no idea who that was. It just wasn't my jam at all. Like so yeah. So listening to it multiple times just wasn't working <laughs> for me on that front. And I know there are probably tons of people out there who are like, dude, Rick, what are you talking about, man? That's the best. You know, and that's fine. It's just not my thing. You know, I'm not gonna say it sucks or it's bad. Just just not it is not for me. Hey, go, you you go. If you you're digging that stuff, hey, no problem. Crank it up if you love it. And finally, I, I have to squeeze in just one more here. What there were so many videos. So I do, and I, I do mean I have to talk about this one. I would be like, I'd feel remiss if I didn't. Tanner Van Varek's TVV for real. You guys check this out. You probably have. It came out, what was it, a couple weekends ago. But I finally got around to watching over this past weekend. So it is, it is literally, quote me on this, my favorite part so far this year. Yeah, I said it. Those of you who have seen it, you know how good this one is. So here, here are some notes that I jotted down for this one. And I, I did my first pause rewind about a minute in. It was, it was that back 180 to fakie 50-50 that almost looked like a 270 board side attempt. Was I overthinking that? Did anyone think that? Because I mentioned that because the way he was setting up and that he, he was, looked like he was setting up for a very aggressive turn and spin. Almost like he's, he just kind of locked in. And notice the trucks too. They got locked in, but they were that right. Like, the rear right wheel was just hanging on for its life. It was locked in. But it didn't matter. You know, he was able to adjust his left foot, get settled in, come back fakey. So, great trick nonetheless. In fact, all of his tricks in this video are straight fire. Straight fire. And I I don't say that too often. This whole damn clip. How about that? It was a front 180 to switch disaster to switch front three. About five minutes, ten seconds. I was like, are you kidding me, TVV? It's hard to do uh, <laughs> initials TVV. And it was such a great combo there. Anyone else get, know the reason why they have the word life upside down on that piece? Am I missing something? I haven't traveled to that destination, so I might not know. So if you do know, let me know, please. I appreciate it. But most importantly, <laughs> I had my first laugh out loud moment of 2021. And all thanks to the, it was a wall ride gap to wall ride out. Wall ride gap to wall ride. Seven minutes in. I was cracking up. <laughs> I was like, how in the hell do you even think of doing that, yet alone actually do it? I mean, dude only had like, he had like a split second to land and roll away. I was just laughing. Like, okay, wow. 
I, yeah, I, I, I almost was speechless. So, and, oh, and also, don't forget to stick around after the ender, especially around, it was around eight minutes in, eight minutes. If you pause it at eight minutes and three seconds, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Look at how parallel his hands are, like almost uniform. The proper foot placement along, you know, with that, like, kind of like that huge dip that he's doing. Like his hat is all evidence you need to see, like, and just how, how tough it is to do that. Rowing like that. And I guarantee you, most of you can't roll like that. I guarantee. Show me footage if you can. Tag me, whatever. I want to see proof. And is there a name for that? It's just like a TVV push, you know? Extreme push. It's very, it's like, uh, there's just something about it. He just makes it look so damn easy. But one little pebble, and it would have been curtains for him. I'm talking head dive. Very crazy. So, <laughs> great part talented dude on an already stacked team he recently turned pro and all i have to say is if he keeps cranking out parts like this one we will definitely i know myself i will definitely be throwing around his name along with that one acronym that we talk about in december i'm just going to leave it at that very very impressive like my favorite part so far this year so bravo Bravo, Tanner. I would say speech, but I'm not talking to you. Speech. Speech. So good. Yes, I will include that link as well. If you haven't seen it, if you're like slow like me to get caught up on all these videos these days, it's, it takes a while, you know? you know? So anyway, that's all I've got for this week. I appreciate you tuning in. If you're new to the show, go back and listen to, like I said, I had three straight interviews, great talks, great chats, great stories, most importantly. And there's a whole catalog before that of episodes that I've had before. So thanks again for tuning in and making me part of your day. Love you guys. Talk to you next week. Bye.